Welcome to Soul Talk, soulful conversations exploring who you are, why you're here, and how to live your most authentic life. My name is Coop Blackson, nationally best-selling author of You Are The One, transformational teacher, and your host. I invite you to subscribe to the Soul Talk podcast for weekly inspiration from me, where I will share with you some powerful ideas, thoughts, and practical life wisdom to help you live life more fully, freeing yourself from your past, reclaiming your power, and living your true life's purpose. You can also go to www.cooplaxon.com, enter your name and email to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment. Let's get started with Soul Talk. Today's episode of Soul Talk is a hot one, so get ready. He's an entrepreneur who founded the Philosophical Adventurous Club on the internet that is now home to over 750,000 members from 185 countries. His inspirational books, emphasizing spiritual accountability, have been published in 25 languages. He's been uh, one of the featured teachers in The Secret, and he's perhaps best known for his free daily notes from the universe. His amazing books have been New York Times bestsellers, Infinite Possibilities, Leveraging the Universe. Uh, Mike and I, we cover a lot of territory in our interview. It's wide ranging, it's up, it's down, it's deep. Likely you're going to get your mind, your belief systems blown away and your paradigms rearranged. So get ready, it's an exciting episode. Let's dive in to Soul Talk. Welcome, everyone. It's uh, Coot here. I am really excited about my upcoming guest, uh, my guest for today on the Soul Talk podcast. I consider him a dear friend. I don't get to see him enough, but uh, a really amazing man, full of heart, love, uh, real deal, generosity. Your life has probably been inspired by him in some way, shape, or form, whether his books or his daily notes. Uh, he is a best-selling author, a New York Times best-selling author of Infinite Possibilities and Leveraging the Universe, uh, perhaps best known for his free notes from the universe, emails that you are probably inspired by daily. I'm really excited to uh, have the opportunity to wrap with uh, my dear friend, Mike Dooley. Mike, welcome to Soul Talk. Hey, Coot. Thanks so much for having me. It's an honor. It's great to be on, man. Uh, as you know, in Soul Talk, we're talking about all matters about living soulfully and really what it takes to live an authentic life. And every time I meet you, I feel your your soulfulness. So I'm just curious, you know, I wanted to just wrap with you today and pick your brain and heart a little bit. And so we're talking about living an authentic life, Mike. And, and I think so many folks in our world, we're, we're either uh, unhappy not living an authentic life. The challenge is I think sometimes we don't even know that we're not living an authentic life. We think the life that we're living is is, is authentic, but it, but something's not fulfilling. So when I say an authentic life to you, like what does that mean to live an authentic life? Like well, what is an authentic life, yeah. Mike? I think, Coot, it boils down to a, a, a real bare honesty with one's self <clears throat> because, because <laughs> so often we're not honest with ourselves and uh, it's kind of to a shocking degree. And uh, what comes to mind is in my life, I can imagine from, you know, adulthood to uh, mid 20. So, you know, 15 to 25, let's just say, becoming super aware of myself. I was so into all the games and the affectations and what people thought of me. And I, and I still feel sensitive, uh, unreasonably sensitive to other people's thoughts. And that's just something I've got to learn to deal with. But I was really all about being at the right party with the right friends in the right clothes with the right thing to say and so not authentic. But I thought I was so real and I thought it was so much fun to aspire to that, although it didn't make me happy. Um, and then I got into a car accident and it was a s serious one. But, uh, you know, I didn't, you know, I'm not it's not one of those stories where I was. Uh, having a near-death experience, mm. but it was so traumatic that um, mm. I did do a lot of soul-searching, and <clears throat> I remember a friend of mine 
before the accident, you know, I, I would all I would always be about knowing where every party was every night of the week through college and beyond. Mm-hmm. Wow. And after that car accident, I was like he would say, what are you doing this weekend? You know, where are the parties at? I'm like, I don't know. I don't care. I'm staying home. <laughs> and it wasn't like I was a hermit, but I was authentic and I wasn't chasing. Yeah. And that was a super huge turning point in my life um, because it was so, so huge. And, uh, and it's not that I don't go to parties or that I completely stopped, but Everything changed, and and that's when happiness started to emerge. I, I wasn't so motivated by other people and their thoughts, and uh, and it was about no longer kidding myself, no longer tricking myself as to what's important, what's not, etc. Takes a definitely takes, I think, what a lot a lot of courage to uh, to be willing to move out of the sort of tribal consciousness of expectation and society and and to be honest you know i think that i think it does and i think it's uh trickier in even in other more sensitive areas of our lives like Mm -hmm. for the time that we claimed to be victim uh for the client time that we claimed that we were vulnerable for the time that we claimed um that we were powerless that takes even more courage because like all of a sudden you're stepping into such a place where whatever's happened heretofore you're accepting responsibility for whereas it's so much easier to do what we generally do during these primitive times spiritually speaking and that is to point fingers to blame it's not my fault i'd be further along if this didn't happen when i was five and i'd be much further along if i didn't have to deal with x nobody has to deal with x but me you know all it's the biggest scapegoat in the world to to trick ourselves into thinking we are powerless and and it gives great shade it gives great camouflage it gives great justification but it totally robs us of our power to be effective going forward, because if we could be vulnerable and a victim in the past, then that sets us up for a world in which we believe we can be vulnerable and a victim in the present or maybe tomorrow. And maybe my big dream is going to come true tomorrow or next month. Um, But, you know, ding dong, Joe Blow moron in my life is messing everything up and might just show up and steal my thunder. And, you know, you can't hang your hat with confidence on any dream. Um, if you believe in a world where there's victims or vulnerability, and then that doesn't, well, I'm getting ahead of myself, but that takes courage yeah. because it's, uh, it takes, it takes huge safe. courage. Yeah. It's very safe because I think to also, you know, play the victim and not tell the truth. I think there's a, as you're mentioning, there's a tremendous, uh, there can be anyway, a payoff, uh, for yeah. not taking responsibility because we keep getting to blame and, and, uh, so yeah. Yeah, it takes a tremendous well, amount. I, so I was just invite, mm-hmm. I, th- I think one thing I want to say right. is, is for those listening, I just would invite each person as they're listening to what you're saying to reflect on your lives and really everyone, like take a look at where am I not telling the truth to myself? Where am I lying to myself? What is it costing me? What am I pretending to not know? I think uh, it's the truth that sets us free, even though it might first uh, upset the cart, so to speak. And, and and but it's the it, the truth I think is the beginning point of of freedom in, in a huge way. You mentioned something, Mike, that really also did uh, stand out to me. You talked about how you are very sensitive, and I think that was a really honest statement of your own self awareness about being sensitive, but also sensitive to I forget how you say other people's opinions, other people's thoughts. And so I'm oh, curious because right. I'm sure there's lots of people who. Are highly sensitive, they're in tune, they're, they're, they're sensitive hearts, and, and they've allowed other people's thoughts and opinions and thinking and feelings to uh, probably determine who they're going to be and rob them of freedom. So I'm curious how you, how you navigate that in the world, because it's not like you're sitting in the Himalayas hiding from people, you're in the world, you're writing books, you know, your family, you're putting yourself out there. So how do you navigate your sensitivity to other people and, and not, and, and still, I guess, maintain your strength and power and, and uh, put yourself out there? How, how, do you, how have you managed to do that? 
You know, it's uh, it's been a long evolutionary process, and I think all manifestations, all creations, you know, our adventure in the jungles of time and space is, is about evolution. So rarely, you know, do you go to bed one night when your life sucks, and the next day it's just, you know, a blazing success story. It's like, that doesn't happen, and that's not what we want to hear when we're on on the, the unfortunate fun side of the equation we're waiting for our life to take off we want to believe that there's a law of attraction and the universe loves me and all things are possible and could be tomorrow's my day it's like it's not going to be tomorrow it's going to incrementally um overtake you and that's going to allow stabilization that's going to excuse me allow confidence to build build that's going to create the space for, you know, like Martin Luther King Jr. said, you can't see where their staircase is going, but it's faith that you take the first step, and then you can see further. You take another step, then you can see further. And then when you arrive, um, it's like, you know, even if it seems like it's taking forever for change, transformation, dream come true, when you arrive, uh, it's like, oh my God, that happened so fast. <laughs> and I feel like in my life, I would have waited five lifetimes for for all that I now have that seemed to be coming to me so slowly, it's so worth it. And dealing with what other people think, I think, I think I'm not that unique in that, you know, I, I go within and, and I don't go within in a profound way. I just kind of wonder nonstop about life while simultaneously having dreams. And, and I think that curiosity uh, helps you uncover the truth because you begin to start getting as you teach that, you know, if you're tricking yourself, if you're not being honest, you know, it's you who's going to suffer. And with that in mind and me being aware, painfully aware in my 20s of how much I depended on other people's approval and was subject, my moods were subject to their, you know, liking me, um, I have been working on it ever since in this slow evolutionary process. And I, I probably any year in the last 30 that you would have asked me, I would say, yeah, I'm better at it. And I'm still getting better at it. And I'm now I'm 56. I've got a wife and a daughter first time family guy and um it's again waking me up so much further than i even realized i could go so it's not an all or nothing it's just it's something you work with and you realize that as you aspire to greater happiness it ain't happening until you have greater truth in your life and that's the motivation for kind of playing both ends to the middle um you know, working to serve, as you do with books and world tours, um, thereby putting myself uh, in a place, uh, a pedestal that I will be judged and loved and hated, um, but at the same time, realizing and learning to realize that that's not why I'm doing this. You know, that's going to happen, but that's not why I'm doing this. I'm doing this because I have something to say. It's a gift I have. And there are people who do resonate with it. And that's what matters. And so, you know, as a speaker myself, that's where I was torn to shreds. Um, I was petrified of getting on a stage because of what people would think, which would make it all the more humiliating to shake like a leaf in front of them. But, you know, facing your fears is the, the best way to eventually liquidate them because you see that those tigers are actually paper and you've got nothing to lose and you've got something to say and there are people who care. And they just incrementally got better and better and better at not minding what other people think, caring more about other stuff, the stuff that I do, mm. that I love. Mm. I love that. I, mean, I, also, I love hearing, Mike, that <laughs> there was a point where you were petrified because uh, I think I saw you speak uh, maybe a year or a year and a half ago at uh, TLC. I forget where it was. And you seem so comfortable in your own skin on stage in front of, in front of all these, you know, it wasn't just a regular crowd. This was a, a crowd of transformational leaders and speakers, you know, just a regular audience. And so uh, one thing I'm taking away and I hope, folks are listening to is feels like rather than focusing on just the fear or, or just what people would think you you chose to shift your focus 
on the difference, on your message, on the difference you wanted to make, on being of service rather than people's judgments. Is it, would that be accurate? That is spot on. I learned to manage it, not to get rid of it. And uh, not just being of service, but, you know, my bliss. My bliss is, you know, I have a, I have a love-hate thing given my Catholic uprising, um, upbringing. Um, and that is to be of service means selflessness, which, you know, I, I rile at the thought of selflessness. We didn't come here to not be ourselves. We came here to be ourselves. And the way we are of most service in my vocabulary, as I mean these words, is if we are following our passions selfishly. So, so yes, uh, totally of service, but in a way that would make me happy, me joyful. And that's how I managed my shortcomings, my So, so, my so, so you're saying that you follow, you following, you're constantly following what brings you joy. Is that accurate? Yes. You're following the joy. You're following the bliss. Okay, so here's the interesting thing, because I, I think that is spot on. And I'm curious about maybe someone who might say, well, Mike, I, I following my joy, but like it, it doesn't seem to be getting me anywhere or I'm following my joy and I can't make money or I'm following my joy and I'm broke or like, you know, I mean, there's always folks that, that feel like they're following their bliss, but they're, they're, they're not really manifesting uh, yeah. tangible things in the world in a way that they can. Uh, continue to sustain themselves in the 3D whilst following their joy. And so maybe they feel like, well, I, I can't sustain this, so now I have to get a job and do something I don't enjoy so I can keep following my joy. Uh, hopefully that makes sense. So I'm curious. Totally. What, what I hear that all are. the time. Yeah. Yes, what what, what yes. would you say to those folks? I think, you know, maybe the theme here is truth again and being honest with oneself you know i hear that from the person who's you know i love playing the banjo but i can't get paid for it so that's a bunch of crap and i have to go do a job i hate or hey i'm buying lottery tickets and you told me thoughts become things and i haven't won yet so that's a bunch of crap it's like look your honesty will get you engaged in life and if you want abundance if you want career if you want livelihood fulfillment health healing great relationships you're going to have to do what it takes and we each know for ourselves what that is and we can't say well i just want to play the banjo and let the universe bring it all to me it's like look you're obviously not filling up you know arenas here this doesn't mean that you shouldn't be following music. How about if you play the banjo, write a book about banjos, and um, and and hone your other musical tastes so that you can become a professor of music and how it's you know changed the world. Knock on a lot of doors. The universe in a note once said, "Persistence is not knocking on one door until the damn thing opens. It's about knocking on all of the doors, giving divine intelligence exponentially more." opportunities of reaching you because every door you knock on exponentially there's more possibilities and it's incumbent upon all of us since we don't know what all of our invisible beliefs are none of us do you know or do we have some invisible limiting ones uh, undoubtedly we probably do if we don't know what they are the workaround is you show up here and you show up there and eventually you're going to find your way into the mansion of your wildest dreams, metaphoric for the life of your wildest dreams. And if you're just insisting on going through the front door to play the banjo, you're not going to try the side door. You're not going to try the uh, the balcony. You're not going to try the back door. Try some of the windows. You want to get in that house, you show me how you're going to get in that house because it's so gettable. We don't have dreams that can't come true. But they're going to test us and they're going to make us try things and do things that we didn't think we had to do that we didn't want to do but by facing those fears and stepping outside of our comfort zone we will become more than we even knew to dream we would one day be and the the magic here the serendipities is you know it's astounding at how Dreams come with built-in challenges. Challenges come with built-in dreams. Um, and this is what makes the world go around. So I would say they need to be more honest with themselves, uh, do more things, beat invisible limiting beliefs, work it here, work it there. And then in the end, you you may well be playing banjos to sold-out stadiums, but you're not going to limit yourself nor divine intelligence by insisting in that one door open up on your terms.
I like I, I love that. It, it, it's not like getting so attached to the one way that we think our vision should happen, but opening, as you say, to sort of infinite possibilities to really then allow the universe yeah. to, you could say, orchestrate however the, the fulfillment of that vision should look. And sometimes I, I think we can get so attached that it has to be this way that we end up limiting uh, the oh, bigger unfolding. Massively, massively. Uh, this is like... The- the majority of my work now, Kooten, for 10 years is playing the matrix. It's what I talked about to the TLC group. Um, I advocate, and this is so weird at first glance, that our really soulful dreams ought to be generally stated, which seems to contradict all of the wisdom out there. But I totally advocate having right? priorities of like happiness, let that be your dream. Financial abundance, let that be your dream. Money, money, money in the big picture sense, let that be your dream. Health and healing, love and relationships. Those are the dreams we insist on. But do not try to micromanage your way there, I tell my audiences, because as soon as you say, this is how I will be happy, this is how I will live in abundance, we slam shut the door on an infinite number of other, and in many cases, better, quicker ways that divine intelligence was totally aware of that we were blind to that can no longer happen because we're camping out in the name of the law of attraction that this book will land on Oprah's set and make us live happily ever after. We limit Mm. ourselves. Now, I do advocate visualize the details. Take massive amounts of baby steps. Try every direction, as I've already said. But don't mistake those paths nor those bells and whistles as your dream. They are not your dream. Your dream is happiness and or career fulfillment and or boatloads of money and or love and romance. Uh, The big picture is where you are assured of success. When we try to micromanage details, who's, how's, when's, we have hits, we have misses, we have regrets, and it's just a matter of time. You're going down. You're going Mm. down because you can't see what divine intelligence sees with seven and a half billion co-creators. You can't make this car, that corner office, this contract, that deal, this date go on your terms. But that doesn't mean you can't be assured of supreme happiness, career fulfillment, health and healing, recovery, uh, so long as you let divine intelligence Pick the dots. It's going to connect so long as you give it dots through imagination and baby steps. Mike, I mean, I fully agree, but I still want that Lamborghini, Mike. (laughs) Well, there's a lot of Lamborghinis, relatively speaking. So I bet you'll get that Lamborghini. Uh, But I know the point you're making. Yeah. Here's the thing. I love what you're saying. You know, Mm -hmm. one thing that that, that I'm hearing, too, is is, is you're saying, wait, still – Visualize. It's okay to visualize. This was a distinction of what I'm hearing. It's okay to visualize yes. the details. Yes. So, I encourage so it. You can uh, you can see yourself on Oprah or see yourself on yes. the Oscar or you can see you can visualize the details. But we shouldn't get so like attached and and and, and identified with like it has to be that way. So exactly. we visualize it, but we also stay open because we know that, that it, it, it can happen better. in 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 multiple different ways, right? Absolutely. And see, the beauty of this big picture general approach is you can visualize the Lamborghini, move towards it, visualize Oprah, move towards it, visualize Ellen, move towards it. We're not excluding those top choices of yours today at all from the mix. And if the universe can give you your top choice, it will give you your top choice. But if better exists, it will give you that. And if because we never want one thing at a time. You know, if you want your abundance, but you need to reconcile relationships with your mom, and you need to have a settlement over here, and you need to uh, shore up your career based on new contacts that will soon be in the uh, in in the calendar ahead, divine intelligence is riding all of that. So it's going to give you the best, all things considered, all of your other dreams considered, and we're not excluding the yellow Lamborghini or any other thing. We're just saying that or better. Mm. 
We are exactly. in ta- that's the key. We are attaching to the to our priorities. Like, look, if I need to heal, I need to heal, and that's perfectly okay to heal to attach to that. And if I need boatloads of money, you know, fabulous wealth, millions upon millions of liquid cash dollars, bitcoins, then go for it. You can have it. Just don't insist on how. While simultaneously visualize the details and move physically towards wealth and abundance, but be prepared for even better than you do to ask for. Then you're not micromanaging. I like that, yeah. I mean, my my prayer more and more, Mike, has has become uh, kind of somewhat similar to what you're saying, which is always, okay, this or something better, and I always now have a, uh, a an intention to always invoke, like universe, I invoke the, I surrender to the highest good. I ask for the, my prayer, and my, my, you could say intention has become, I, I invoke and I surrender and I ask for the highest good to be done in this situation. I would like this to happen, but I, I invoke the highest good. I surrender to the highest good. And I think when we plug ourselves into the highest good, uh, we can't go nothing wrong. better. You know, what, There's nothing, nothing better. better than that. But I think it's really good, and I think it's part of the adventure in these hallowed jungles, these spectacular, this this oasis, emerald floating through space, that we do recognize and appreciate our preferences. Preferences are awesome. Preferences, I once wrote, are something like, you know, how the winds of the divine make a distinction between you and me. Mike Dooley has preferences. That's that's the music. That's God's music, Mike Dooley. Coot Blackson has preferences. That's another, you know, golden <clears throat> top 40 hit by God. Um, it's all different flavors of God. And and so, so I love the tandem. You know, your intention, your known preference, leaving room for or better, and then invoke the best for all involved, the highest good possible, and then then you're golden. As opposed to some folks who are just like, you know, I'm just going to let God decide everything. It's like, no! God decides one thing to be you, you know, and to be Mike and to be Coot and to be everybody else. Now God is standing back to see what we decide. So don't just... Go selfless on on us, you know. I would say to somebody who says, "Just turn it all over to God." Um, you have your voice matters, your opinion matters, your taste matters, your style matters, your savoir faire, and that you like this versus that. That that's a judgment that God r- relishes amongst different adventurers. So have your intention, uh, and then invoke the best for all, and it's solid platinum. Thank you, Coot. I love it. I love it. Preferences are God's way of really expressing through us and mm-hmm. experiencing the world through us. But, you know, I mean, there's there's a sort of, and you kind of touched on it, but I'm just curious if there's anything else you have to say about that slice of what you were saying, which was preferences. I, I, I think sometimes in the spiritual uh, field, there's this idea of like being spiritual is having no preferences, or rather more specifically, this idea of like being spiritual is letting go of all desire, having no desire, being desireless and or transcending desire. And so I think it can create conflict for people. Can you clarify just your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a lot of old school stuff that clogs our pipes and is very sad and even debilitating because we go from um, – thinking, and understandably so, that judgment, you know, in the sense of judging other people unfavorably, is so not helpful, not spiritual, not soulful. That's correct. But people take it so far, it's like, well, don't even have an opinion. That was never meant to be the case. Here's that note from the universe, if I may read it. Having preferences doesn't mean you're judgmental, Mike. Whether they're likes or dislikes, they just ensure that as the winds of divinity are blown through your heart, the melody is unlike any other. So have them, Mike, have them big time in the universe. I'm a big fan of my own writing. Isn't that kind of it's awesome? I love it. Um, so I'm drawing a distinction in this note between preferences and judgment. But admittedly, a preference is a judgment. But we are given that 
great responsibility and that great privilege of deciding what is it going to be for you, chocolate or vanilla. You get to decide. And if you choose against chocolate, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and, and, and in so many areas of our life, when it comes to living deliberately and creating consciously, we must make decisions. But that doesn't mean that our decisions would ever come at the expense of someone else. And this is not about, you know, thinking poorly of other people. This is just like, what's going to float my boat today, this decade, this lifetime? Let's Go for it. Let's enjoy it. We're eternal beings, and and uh, we have forever. And saying no now doesn't mean no forever in any sense. So express your uniqueness and let the winds of divinity blow through your heart. I love it. I love it. And so as you see, I think this is going to be interesting where we're going to go next. Because uh, as you're talking, trigger the thought, because... This idea of, okay, having a preference, right? I have this preference. And then this idea, Mike, of, well, being responsible. Be like the degree to which I need to be responsible with, let's just say, responsible with my money, responsible in the world. But I just want to go surfing and travel the world, and I just want to travel. But, well, I should build something in the world and and. and, and, and Build, build something for my kids or, you know, have a foundation or a job. It's like, so where is this, I guess, how, how does someone... Uh, easy, easy, uh, reconcile. Yes, how does someone reconcile that, that, that I should be responsible, I should save, I should invest, I should, you know, do, do yeah. things so I can live in the world or just throw, okay. throw everything out the you wind. Know. And, and so... <laughs> I think uh, this makes me think of Spider-Man when I think it was uh, the, the grandpa who said, you know, young Spider-Man, whatever his name was, um, with great power comes great responsibility. <clears throat> Let me flip it. With great responsibility comes great power. They're almost one and the same. Just like having a dream presupposes challenges and problems, um, so does having challenges and problems presuppose a dream, a dream life where you don't have them. They're one and the same, power and responsibility. The more you accept of one, the more you have of the other, and that's a beautiful thing, and it's not so daunting when we realize that we're never alone, that we're supernatural, that our thoughts become things, we're being pushed on to greatness every single day in lives that are nothing more than 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 a holographic dream. And so I, I would tell anybody, you, you know, with balance and moderation, save. With balance and moderation, exercise. With balance and moderation, mm. choose your food wisely. Um, with total oblivion, follow your heart. But you're not going to be able to follow your heart too long if you're not nourished and maintained and if you haven't put a few, you know, bucks away in the savings account if you're not currently earning money and don't see it as dues to pay or a penance and if you want to if you want to live high you got to pay you know got to work hard now it's like see them as one and the same see that that you're saving now do it so joyfully because you realize uh what it's going to make possible later and more i mean everything is a gift Everything is a miracle that we even get to work right now, that we even have a paycheck, that we even have a shirt on our back and get to breathe the air that we breathe. I mean, that alone is enough for living in ecstasy. So, so I think it boils down to syntax, and I think it boils down to perception and how we define what's good and what's bad. For example, too many people think work is a four-letter word. It's like work is your dance with life. Work is a, an, an opportunity to leave the home every day. Work is where you discover your strengths and your powers and your gifts. And work is where you discover where you could be even more amazing. And work is where you meet new people every single day. And work is where you get to exchange what you're given through the divine with other divine beings. It's like, oh my God, what? it doesn't get better than work. But then again, balance and proportion um and then power is maintained it's kept in check with you know a, a full 
spectrum of understanding responsibilities. Responsibilities is a power enabler. Isn't that cool? And and so suddenly everything becomes cool and everything becomes fun. Even working, even saving, even cleaning the toilet. You can see the majesty of life everywhere. And you're free. I love it. I love it. That, that shift you know, in perspective can, is definitely key. Yeah. The, this truth thing that's come up again and again in our talk is something... I just used in uh, an event I hosted, Solapalooza, and I've turned this catchphrase into something which I think has meaning and certainly applicable to what we're talking about, Coot. You know, it comes from the Bible, the truth will set you free. And I'm not of any religion, although I recognize there's a lot of gems in the Bible, and there likely are in every holy book. I just don't know them, Mm -hmm. those books. But it says the truth will set you free. And whether or not you are of the Christian faith, um, I think everyone can resonate with the sentiment in those very, very, very few words. It has nothing to do. It doesn't say Jesus will set you free. It doesn't say faith will set you free. They could have said anything, whoever wrote that. It doesn't say understanding will set you free. It doesn't say hard work will set you free. It doesn't say dedication will set you free. It doesn't say your soulmate will set you free. It doesn't say love will set you free. It does not say that love will set you free. It says truth, the truth, will set you free. I mean, it is the cornerstone of everything. It is the soothing balm. It is the the ramping up of inspiration. It is the unbridling of our passions. Truth is Every, 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 everything. And there is a truth in all things pertaining to our lives and the jungles of time and space. And while our, sub- while our journeys are subjective, the stage is absolute, black and white. There are pillars, and you know when you know these pillars, and they're very far and few between, I've attempted to name them. I mean, we are all of God, by God, pure God. In other words, we are all one. In other words, there's only love. Um, Our thoughts become things. Um, Everything is unfolding to perfection and order, which means, you know, for that which is wonky and even disgusting, at some level there's order and perfection. Um, And that's about it. You know, I've come up with like four or five things that I can say are the absolutes to this reality. And that's it. And when you really live and move with these and you realize that everyone is just another shade of you everyone you know every faith every color every age every nationality um when you realize that that you have the ultimate power in the entire known universe through the focusing of your attention your thoughts when you realize all of this i mean I guess I don't realize it as much as I want because I would be walking on water right now, and one day we all will be. Um, but I am immersed into the illusions. They are hypnotizing and 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 so spectacular. Uh, they 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 pull you away from the truth. They, I think an apple's real. It's not real, and so did Adam and Eve, and that was the metaphor. They bit into it. The tipping point was crossed, and there they fell into a into a notion that the illusions are something to contend with instead of seeing that there's something that they create. I don't think the goal in life, however, is to walk on water or to be totally transcendent of the illusions. That's where we were before we got here. I think the goal of life is just to passionately live, to follow our hearts, to fall in love, to be loved, uh, and and to experience the, the emotions that we've all experienced. Not that every good emotion needs to be rivaled by a bad emotion. I think people totally misunderstand that. But I think that's kind of the nature of our adventure in time and space, just to fully be here, to be a participant, to believe in these fleeting lies of have versus have not, here versus there, now versus then. I love it. I I love the theme of telling the truth. For me, um, the, the, the truth, the whole idea of the truth is a big you know, cornerstone of, of my work and, you know, mm-hmm. the truth will set you free, the foundation. I often say happiness is simple. Feel the truth, acknowledge the truth, tell the truth, live the truth, mm-hmm. happiness. But many times we don't because, you know, we're afraid of the consequences. We're afraid of what will happen. We're afraid of losing love. We're afraid of all these things. But mm-hmm. I think if we really followed the truth, told the truth, felt the truth, lived the truth, and lived in alignment on all levels, uh, many of the things that we 
went to temple to pray about, pray to God about. We would just we wouldn't have to pray about them because life would just naturally reorganize itself in alignment mm-hmm. with with the truth that we're living. And so uh, I just hope everyone listening to this conversation is reflecting. I hope you are all reflecting on what Mike is sharing about the truth because I think uh, it's it's a foundational piece in terms of living an authentic life, living a soulful life. It's a, it's a foundational piece. So look at where you're not living the truth, uh, what you're pretending to not know, what is it costing you to not live the truth? What are you afraid will happen if you live the truth? But also, what a mi- sometimes we get so focused on the negative, you know, we're going to this negative future fantasy of the thing that we're afraid will happen if we live the truth and life will fall apart. But what amazing thing might actually also unfold if you live the truth. I mean, I think by living the truth, we create the space for more magic and possibilities in the next level in our life. So really appreciate you sharing that and just reminding me too, my Gandhi, Gandhi, you know, the Mahatma Gandhi would often talk about, and I think his book was called My Experiments with Truth. And so uh, definitely, definitely, yep, definitely a foundation. Everything uh, for him was about finding the truth, getting to the core of truth. And so I think it's right on. Uh, How can someone, uh, talking about the truth and living authentically, how can someone achieve or find clarity if they're, Maybe they have some preferences, they have some goals, but they're, they're, they're looking to find a deeper sense of their, you talked about the purpose of life, but yeah. more specifically, how can someone maybe find their own purpose in life? Like if, if someone said to you, I'm trying to find my purpose, Mike. I mean, yeah, I have these goals, but you know, they're great and I want to do them, but like, when, like what's my purpose in life? I'm trying to, how do I connect and get the clarity to find my purpose? What, what I think it's such a loaded question, you know, Coot, and, mm-hmm. I, and I'm, uh, I know that we've had this conversation, and I think we're on the same exact wavelength as has been through this whole call. That's why we're buds, man, and I can't wait to see you in Hawaii mm-hmm. soon. But mm-hmm. um, the, what I share is that the, the question's fatally flawed, as if there was one purpose and all others were wrong. And if we lived in that world, man, nobody could be careful enough to find their purpose, because otherwise it'd be like their whole life was what uh, their whole life was, you know, misused or, or failed. The truth is, each of us, being who we are, we can't even not be who we are, is how the divine expresses its wish um, in in this one-of-a-kind, unique capacity. Uh, It's not about what we then do with our lives. It's that Mike Dooley exists. I am fulfilling the role of Mike Dooley. And it's not about should I be of service, should I be a speaker, should I go back into public accounting, Um, you know, should I live here or should I live there, what should I eat for breakfast. The universe is like, I don't give a damn what you with or eat for breakfast. You know, just be you. You can't not be you. So everyone is already filling that niche that no one else could ever, ever fill. And it is not about um, what you do for a living. Therefore, to the best of one's ability, do stuff that you either know you would love or you think you would love. And I say that because we've messed with the shoulds and we've messed with the hows so much in our lives we become desensitized and we don't even know where our bliss is anymore. 17 years ago, I was like, God dang it, man. I did corporate world and didn't like it. I did entrepreneurial world, both of which for about a decade, I didn't like either one. It's like, what other worlds are there, you know? And I remember having a conversation with God when I was angry at myself. It's like, you know, look, I want to be happy. I want to travel. I want to be creatively fulfilled. You figure it out. And that was probably the time that the divine did a happy dance on my behalf because that was the only time through desperation, not wisdom, that I stopped trying to micromanage my destiny and decide what I would be, butcher, baker, candlestick maker. It was just like, you figured out, God. Our minds are not meant to figure out where and when we would bloom the most or find the most joy. Um, Our lives is to say, it, it, our brains are designed to 
pick our priorities. What is it now in anyone's life? Is is it career right now? Is that what you're telling me when you're looking for your place or your purpose in life? You want something cool to do every single day? Make that a priority. Knock on a lot of doors. Envision a future as if it was the present where you're already laughing every day, where you're already receiving warm hugs and high fives, happy tears, big paychecks. Um, lots of abundance to share with your foundation and your people and whatever. And the universe is like, oh, you want to be that fulfilled and travel and have a foundation and be of service? I got just a role for you. And that's what happened for me. You know, all of a sudden, uh, from my general end results through an angry prayer, followed by lots of baby steps dabbling, not down paths that that promised me happiness. I didn't want to be a speaker. I didn't even want to be an author. I didn't want to be an accountant. I didn't want to be an entrepreneur. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I tell my audiences what I'll tell yours right now. Sometimes, you know, if you're that lost, you need to assess your sucky options. Give yourself a deadline of no more than three or four days and choose the least sucky of your options. Choose two or three. And I am so not being facetious. This is the golden ticket. Do it. Because now, because you're out there at least, even if it's a sucky dirt path, it's better than staying at home waiting for a miracle where that's the one place miracles don't happen. You're out there reachable. And you're reachable by divine intelligence that you've programmed with your high value, big picture, general priority and results. You're like, it's career, it's fulfillment. So now I'm showing up to the best of my humble, blindsided ability, moving in a direction that's less sucky than all the other directions. It's not the life of my dreams. That's all you need. You're under sale. Now you're reachable. There will be serendipities. You'll adjust your rudder. You'll try this out. You won't camp out at one book or one contract or one industry. Yet wherever you go, you'll be your best and you'll shine. And the day will wake up and you'll be on the yellow brick road. And you will wonder, as I have, what did I ever do in my mortal flailings to deserve so much so fast? And when did this dusty, sucky dirt path turn into a yellow brick road? I don't even remember. I didn't go to bed and it was dusty and wake up and it was glittery. It was this slow metamorphosis during which I did what I could with what I had from where I was, not the life of my dreams, but I was going to give it my all. I knocked on different doors. I didn't insist other than my life making a major comeback. That was the big picture value. Friends, laughter, happiness, international travel. That's what I insisted on. And I am blown away. And anybody that follows that will be equally blown away and wonder what they did to deserve so much. I love it. You know, I love what you're saying in terms of, because I'm hearing what you're saying in your prayer, which is surrendering, surrendering bigger than yourself, surrendering to the universe. God, you figure it out. I like there's this deep, profound surrender in what you're saying. And so I hope everyone you're listening, like surrender big, uh, but also uh, you're talking about surrender to the, also the least sucky option, which is take action. Don't just sit there and wait. Don't just sit there forever. Uh, yeah. Be in motion. Be in, be in, be in, like get in the game because it's only by being in the game that that then you take a step. It's when we take a step that then the universe can meet us, dance with us. We're dancing with the universe. Then we then we can either be course corrected or as we take a step, life reveals to us what's next and and often life doesn't we, we can't figure life out just sitting on the sidelines and so folks if you're in a moment where you're lost surrender but also assess and take action be in action life will reveal itself to you in your moment of action get in the game i love it mike love it i'm, no, I'm, I'm inspired it. here a uh, couple of final questions i'm, I'm curious uh when you feel I know you said what, 17 years ago you were in one of your lowest moments. So today, maybe, let's say you have a moment. You have a moment of, um, of frustration or questioning. Like, what do you do to realign yourself? And so that those listening in uh, could maybe be inspired by, is there anything that you do that brings you back on point, brings you back into center, reconnects you with your source, so to speak? Sure. Um, well, I... I, I'm. This is a slight deviation, 
but it's something I, I, I love oh. to address. That I'll always be challenged, but I don't see them as challenges. They're invitations for awesomeness, to be even cooler than mm. I presently am. Boggles the mind. Um, but very often, given the primitive times that we've been talking about, that we are steeped in, there's this thought that for every good, there's a bad. And some people say, oh, that's, the, that's contrast, and that's, you know, that's so you can really appreciate the good, you go through the bad. And that's bullshit. You don't have to go through the bad to have the good. Now, yeah, there is such a thing as contrast, but to think you have to, you know, wade through the murk and mire to have a sunny day, and then you must go back to the murk and mire. Our lives are not like that. You know, if you live in the northern hemisphere, you don't have to live in the southern hemisphere. Um, we all smile and laugh more than we cry and frown. And I don't want people thinking that they always have to come back to, you know, uh, a breakdown, uh, heartache, hard times. It's just part of the pendulum swinging. No, there's a spiral, and it's upward. And I can say, as I'm sure you can attest to, Coot, that my downtimes compared to 17 years ago and compared to the years before that are very few and far between. Um, it's, I remember the other day, I mean, actually, I've been telling the story a while now. It was like a couple of years ago. I had this, I was in this funk and it was just like really creepy. And I had, I was like, what is this? After a day, I was like, what? And I was like, oh my God, this is a bad mood. And, and I have not been in a bad mood for years. <laughs> And uh, and I don't think I've been in it since that time, but the, but I I do have my spells. And to answer your question, you know, when you create a life that's you know busy and grounded in truth, and you've faced your fears and you've stopped tricking yourself, um, your life and all else in it helps balance those pockets that get a little wonky, you know, like if you have an argument with somebody or you have um, a, a concern about a business deal, you know, I'm saying for me, um, I can look at the other areas of my life because generally they're all just kind of swimming along really, really well. And that gives me uh, great comfort. And and when I needed it more often, and, you know, uh, I can use it from time to time right now. My brother and I used to be business partners in the T-shirt business. And I remember he used to say, when all else fails, read Seth. Seth was dictated by the late Jane Roberts. Very, very mm -hmm. profound stuff. Uh, and very, very empowering stuff. And And to me, what that is rephrased to anybody listening now when all else fails and, and it's not like all else is going to fail but you know when you're down in the dumps and you need yeah. some realignment and you want some hope just get grounded in truth you know what books have resonated with you before was it you know Coote's book one of mine Neil Donald Walsh Abraham Hicks <clears throat> go to that go to truth it'll it'll stir your soul um, it'll remind you of what you've always deeply known, and it'll put into proper context the, the little speed bumps or gnats and mosquitoes that are now driving you to distraction. Get grounded in truth and have truth all around you. Have good books scattered around your house, not to read, but just look at those covers that, you, yeah, man, that's the truth. And, um, you know, good little coffee mugs, a fun baseball hat, a hoodie with something like Raise the Vibe on the front of it. Just surround yourself now so that your whole life is speaking to you of its beauty and your power. And then it's much easier to weather any storm later on. Love it. Love it. Mike, it's been uh, phenomenal just hanging with you, rapping with you. Lots of uh, gems from our conversation. Mm -hmm. Uh, just, you know, I, I really like that each person comes away from the interview with, with obviously the gems, but I also want uh, everyone to really apply the wisdom from the Soul Talk podcast and what you're saying. So if, if you could assign a practical, perhaps life-changing, impactful homework assignment to those listening, that they uh -huh. could do literally now or within the next 24 hours to just implement what you're saying. If there's like one specific tangible homework that you could give people that would really make a difference in their lives, I'd like you to take a moment to assign the homework, cool. the Soul Talk homework right now. 
Okay. Well, let me give it – it's going to be like three or four points, but they're all virtually Wait. effortless, and most people have started out already. Number one, build your library. Get some books or pick some favorite websites so that you are surrounded by truth, profound truth that speaks of life's beauty and your power and that leaves no one behind. Because that's the grounding that must take place so that you're not all of a sudden relying on woo-woo. You're relying on intuition and logic. So number one, get your library going. It can be as few as 12 books, you know, or three books, you know, add to it as your life goes, continues to go forward. Uh, Number two, based on our conversation today, pick one priority area in your life where you'd like transformation, just an area, not a thing, not Trixie to fall in love with you, not Pricewaterhouse to give you a job. Is it career? Is it just overall happiness? Is it cash money? Is it healing? You know, there's only a few categories, five, six, or seven that you could come up with. What's the one category in your life that you'd like transformation in the most? Decide upon it and settle for nothing less than 100% transformation. To get there, visualize the details, create a vision board, um, come up with affirmations. That category is vague and boring. So this is where This step is where you get into details to stir passion and emotion. You're not going to make those details your dream, okay? The dream is the big picture category being transformed. So you're going to you're going to move you're going to want those details, but you're going to leave room for or better. The third thing I want you to do is to make a list of baby steps to take in the next four weeks. Some of which you ought to be able to take tomorrow or or in the immediate future. And add to this list forevermore. I continue to ask myself, how else can I approach what I do? What can I do different? What can I try out? Who can I ask for help? Where might I go? Da-da-dee-da-dee-da. And never stop taking baby steps. Um, And that's, okay, point five. Prepare to be astounded. That's it. That's what I got. That's your assignment. I hope those uh, were. Beautiful. I hope I didn't skip a step there, but it was get your library, Beautiful. have a general end result, details, take action, prepare to be astounded. Amazing. I especially love the prepare to be astounded. That's uh, <laughs> that's, that's my favorite. That's my favorite one. Everyone, you heard it. Like, do your homework and prepare to be astounded. I'm just feeling into like, what would it be like to live each moment with that sense, Mike, of just okay, I'm preparing to be astounded. I mean, that just, already I can feel myself opening up. I hope everyone, as you feel that question, as you feel that key, you're feeling just your vibration opening up as you're just preparing. You're, you're opening the field, your heart, to be, receive being astounded mm-hmm. by the universe. So I love that. I love that. You know, Mike, it's been, uh, it's been a joy uh, hanging with you today. I know everyone listening in, I'm sure you've also received... Uh, profound wisdom, insight, and value from this conversation. I think uh, you've just delivered so much uh, love, Mike, that comes through. I really feel your heart and just your sincere desire to add value and make a difference. The beauty of your heart really shines through. And uh, I want people to be able to find out more about your work and connect with you uh, if they if they do choose. So what's the best way that people can connect with you, find out about what you're up to? Just please share. Sure. Well, uh, my website is T-U-T dot com, Tiger Uncle Tiger. It stands for The Universe Talks, T-U-T dot com. And there I send out free daily notes from the universe that will fill anyone interested in on all else that I offer, whether it's um, Vietnam in April, Machu Picchu in the fall, my world tour events, my live events, my books, and all of that. Thanks for for asking, Coot, and and above all, thanks for this opportunity to share, to speak. Um, you know, I'm learning this stuff as I teach it, and uh, and I I'm grateful to you for this opportunity and for our friendship, and I look forward to catching up to you real soon. Beautiful. It's been a joy, everyone. I invite you all to uh, check out. Mike's website, tut.com. We'll also post uh, the site uh, on the show notes so you can connect with him and definitely check out his book, Infinite Possibilities, Playing the Matrix, uh, inspiring and amazing stuff to uh, 
create the life of your dreams, a life of authenticity, soulfulness, and happiness. Folks, this has been another amazing episode of Soul Talk. Uh, Soul Talk is about having real conversations, exploring who we are, why we're here, and how we can make the most of every second of our lives to live our highest destiny. Trust you enjoyed today's episode. Please do uh, send me an email, drop me a message, let me know uh, some of the key takeaways from today's conversation, and I will join you next week in another episode of Soul Talk. Love now. See you soon. If you've enjoyed this episode of Soul Talk, please do share the podcast with all of your friends. Let everyone know and make sure you download Soul Talk today. I'm looking forward to next week where I'll get to share more inspiration with you. Meanwhile, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or social media. You can find out more about my work at www.coopblackson.com. If you feel ready to take your life to the next level, join me at my exclusive event in Bali, www.boundlessblissbali.com, where you can find out more and apply. Also, make sure to remember to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment at kublaxon.com. Sending you all big hugs and love.